Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. In this program, we study one chapter of Tanakh each podcast. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and it's been my delight to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. I say to have been because we're getting close to the end. Uh, we are in Divrei Hayamim Bet Perak Chafdalad. And we just read about the coronation of Yoash. And now we'll read about what happens during Yoash's life. Perak Chafdalad, Yoash, um, uh, who is the, uh, son of Yehoahaz, who was kept in the, in the Mikdash for six years after being born, and now at seven years old takes over. Ben Sheva Shalim Yoash Bemocho. He was seven when he ruled. He ruled for 40 years. 40 years is a number we're familiar with, uh, typically from Sefer Shoftim as being a mark of successful leadership and a proper era, sort of a full generation. So this is a very good sign about Yoash, and we are, our first inclination is to feel positive towards him. Parenthetically, a big part of what happens in this chapter uh, is uh, is a replicated or replicated from uh, the uh, the eleventh chapter of Malachim Bet with a very famous uh, collection of Bet Kabayit. Malachim Shalom Hashem Imot Sivya Mi Be'er Shava. His mother was Sivya. Vayas Yoash Hayashar Be'inei Adonai. And so far it sounds great. Yoash did what was straight in Hashem's eyes. So he's a good king. Kol Yimei Yehoyada Kohen. Remember, Yehoyada Kohen was the one who had saved him, uh, and who had then arranged for his coronation and for the death of Ataliyah, who tried to stop that. Uh, and I'm being nice uh, to Yehoyada, to Ataliyah in that, in that case. Um, and, uh, but the, there's a, an ominous sense to Kol Yimei Yehoyada Kohen. And it reminds us of the very, very end of Sefer Yehoshua, when we hear that Bnei Yisrael were loyal to Hashem as long as Yehoshua was alive, and as long as all of the people who saw the miracles during the time of Yehoshua were alive, and that leaves us with a sense of foreboding that after they die, uh, things will go south. And that's indeed what happens here, as we will see. But in the meantime, we'll hear about the positive during the life of Yehoshua HaKohen. Vaisalo Yehoshua Nashim Shtaim. Vayoled banim uvanot. Parenthetically, we hear about Yehoyada, which we really do not hear about any other commoners uh, in in the royal record. But Yehoyada Kohen is so important that we hear that he has two wives and lots of kids. We had already heard about one of his wives, who was the one who had saved um, uh, Yoash. Vahi acharechein, and then afterwards, im lev Yoash lechadesh at Beit Adonai. Yoash got the idea, and acharechein sounds like after Yehoyada had already had a family that Yoash had the idea to renew the uh, the house of Hashem, right? Because uh, there had been so much of a straying of, of, towards Avodah Zarah by Yehoachaz, etc. So therefore, uh, he wanted to, to renew it. And this reminds us, of course, of Yehoshaphat's move of bringing the Kohanim and Levim together. He brings them together and he says, Go out among the cities of Yehuda. Go collect money to support or to strengthen the house of your God. So every year you should make this collection. Speed up to do this. The Levim were not so quick to do it. 
Because this was Yoash's idea, and the truth is the Levim were really under the rule of Yo- of Yehoyada. And this is a little bit of the problem in the way that Yoash became king. Not only his age, clearly as a seven-year-old it's difficult to rule, but the reality is that the strength behind the throne was Yehoyada Kohen. So on the one hand, that means Yoash is going to remain loyal to God. On the other hand, the Levim are not exactly doing the king's bidding. So the king summons Yehoyada. Why didn't you demand of the Levim? Interesting phrase. To bring from Yudan Yushalayim the burden, meaning the tax collection of Moshe Ever Hashem, referring to Machzita Shekel and the Truma that we hear about in Sefer Shemot. And they should all be contributing just like they did to Moshe for Oel Haidut. Of course, Oel Haidut, the tent of the testimony, referring to the Aserita, the, the, the Luchot, which sit at the middle of the Ohel and are the, are the focal point of the Ohel, of course, they're no longer around, but the point is he's referring back to the way that happened in Moshe's time. And he then explains what his motivation was for this collection. Ki ataliyahu hamirsha'at. Ataliyahu, the wicked one. Baneha partzuat beta Elohim. Her sons breached the house of God. They took the gold and the silver. Gam kol kodshei They took all the sancta and used it for avodah so we have to renew it, and everybody should be spirited this, and the Levim should be more energetic in making this collection. So the king then decrees, they made like a box. They put it on the outside of the Mikdash. And this is, reminds us of, in, in Parshat Ve'akel, Vayaviru Kol Bamachaneh. They sent the word out, Masat Moshe Eved HaElohim Al Yisrael Bamidbar. So they put out the word to bring the tax collection of Moshe, the servant of God, Evan Elohim, uh, that was on Yisrael Bamidbar. Meaning, we want you to replicate uh, the uh, and recreate the event of the Trumata Mishkan way back when. Everybody rejoiced at this. And everybody came and they threw their donation in to the Aaron until it was complete. So when they brought the Aaron, the Levim brought the Aaron to the counting of the king, meaning the king would be counting it, they saw that there was so much silver. So a scribe and an officer of the Kohen Agadol, Kohen Arosh, that's Yon Yada, they poured out what was in the Aaron, they put the Aaron back, so every day they brought the money into the king, dumped it out, put it back, empty again, and people kept contributing. And there was lots and lots of silver. The king and Yehudah gave all this money, and we presume that it was counted properly and uh, and and uh, recorded. They gave it to the work on renewing the Beit Hashem. They hired quarriers and carpenters, the Chadesh Beit Adonai, which means to get stone and wood and properly make it to renew the the, uh, the house of Hashem. And also people who forged and worked with iron and with bronze, the Chazek at Beit Adonai, again, the Chazek. So they all worked. And it all worked in their hands. And the house of Hashem stood on its foundations. 
and they strengthened it. There was more money, so they brought all the extra money to the king in Yoyada. They made vessels out of them, vessels for service. So all of the the so the uh, the tools for the Ola and the 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 kapot the spoons for the ktoret and all the klei zahav and kesef ayu maalim olot the veitad nai tami they were bringing olot all the time kol yemei yoda again kol yemei yoda leaves us with that sense of foreboding that when yoda is gone things will not be as solid. And now we move to that point. Vayizkan Yehoyada, Yehoyada became old. Vayishba, Yamim, Vayamot. He had long life, satisfying life, and then he died. Ben Meyahush Toshim Shanab Moto is 130 years old. We do not hear about people living that kind of lifespan in this period anymore. David Im They buried him in Ir David with the kings. He did great things for Israel and with God in God's house. And, and for God's house. Here we go. So all of the ministers came and bowed to the king. The king is now not seven anymore, but remember, since the king was so much younger than Yehoyada, he's going to outlive him. The king heeded them. And now what happened? They abandoned the house of God that they had just refurbished. They went back to the worship of the Asherah, and Atzabim is a, a degrading word for idols. And then there was divine anger against Yudav Yushalayim because of this. God sent Nevim. We don't hear about these Nevim or what they said, but these Nevim were sent to bring people back to do tshuva. They testified against them. And by the word Ada, this word that we're familiar with, Lahaid in Akkadian actually means to warn. They warned them, and they didn't listen. A very famous story uh, that is alluded to in, uh, in, say, in Megillat Echa and is prominent in the keynote that we say on Tisha B'Av. Ruach Elohim Lavshad Ben so the spirit of Hashem w- w- imbued this particular Zechariah ben Yehoyada, evidently the son of our Yehoyada. So he's a Kohen, and now he's also a Navi, because the spirit of Hashem is with him. And Vayamod me'alami, stands above the people. Vayomer lam, koa, now we hear the message of this Navi. Koa marha Elohim, lama'atem ovrimet mitzvot adonai velot tatzlichu. Why are you violating the command uh, the commands of Hashem, you won't be successful. You abandon God, God will abandon you. Everything till now has been successful. You've been loyal to God. You abandon God, the success will, will be lost. What happened? Nobody wants to listen to a Navi who's saying that. They all colluded against him. And Yoash was actually the one who directed them to stone him to death. And where was it? In the Azara. And the king evidently forgot the great kindness that this Navi's father, Yehoyada, had done for him, saving his life. And instead he killed his son. And when he died, Yehoash's uh, statement was, God will see and he will seek out, meaning seek out the guilty one here, uh, which, which Yehoash is going to say is not him. 
Uh, however, uh, this is, of course, with all that foreboding about until the death of Yehuda was alluding to, and this is the way that uh, the rabbis interpret the pasuk in Echa im Yehareg b'Mikdash Adonai Kohen v'Navi, referring to the Kohen who was a Navi who was killed in the Mikdash. And now a year later, Allah Allah Chel Aram. So of course bad things are going to happen now. So the Syrians come and attack. And they destroyed all of the generals. The they killed all the generals. And they and they took all of the all of the uh, loot from Yerushalayim and sent it to the king of Darmasek of uh, Aram. So they came with actually a very small army. And God handed over a much bigger army to them. Why? In the exact opposite of what we hope for, where a small Israeli army is able to beat a large foreign army, it's the opposite. Because they had abandoned God, the God of their fathers. And so these, this army also punished Joash himself. When they left him, they left him greatly diseased and in pain. They evidently tortured him. Then all of his servants turned on Yoash, and they took vengeance for the children of Yoyadakohen, and they killed the king on his bed. This is now, of course, after 40 years of being king. He was buried in Yer David, but not in the catacombs of the king. So Yoash, like uh, his father and his grandfather, but they, from the beginning, went a very sour way. Yoash had started out fine. Who was it who conspired against him? Zeved ben Shimata Amonit, Yosavad ben Shimrita Moavit. So it turns out that uh, these are two members of Yoyada's family who from who's uh, who come from mothers who were from Ammon and Moab but of course that's particular that's uh, perfectly fine Ammoni velo Ammonit Uvanav Yerev Hamasa Alav Yisod Beit Elohim Inam Tuvi on Dirash Sefer Malachim and all of this story the sons of Yoash and all of this collection of what we call in Sefer Malachim Bedekabayit, which later that is how it gets its halachic name, Bedekabayit, the collection for supporting the Mikdash, was all written on Midrash Sefer Hamalachim, which is Sefer Malachim that we have. Who then takes over as king of Yehuda after the death of Yoash, the assassination of Yoash on his bed. Okay, we'll pick it up in Parakafe with the story of Amatsyahu, um, and uh, his career will take that next parak. Uh, in the meantime, we wish everybody a wonderful day.